Hello and welcome to the Shorenstein Center Media and Politics Podcast. On this episode, we speak with Marilyn Thompson, a spring 2016 Joan Shorenstein Fellow and former deputy editor at Politico, about her new research paper titled The Dream is Dead, Can Taxpayer Money Save Presidential Campaigns? The paper, which you can read in full at shorensteincenter.org, chronicles the rise and fall of the Presidential Election Campaign Fund and explores whether the fund could still provide a viable way to address citizen frustration with the campaign finance system. We begin with Marilyn explaining the background of her paper and why she chose to examine this topic during her fellowship at the Shorenstein Center. My project is about the public financing system for presidential candidates in the U.S., which many people don't even realize exist. Uh, It's called the Presidential Election Campaign Fund, and it was uh, put into uh, legislation in the early 1970s and is funded through a uh, checkoff on individual income tax returns. Uh, So the average taxpayer who checks the box gives $3 to a fund that is maintained in the U.S. Treasury Um, Only at this stage, 2016, when there are candidates spending up to $10 billion on the election, none of them want to participate in this archaic system, which has many restrictions and limitations for the candidates. I began my project with a a more um, comprehensive look at campaign finance in 2016. And along the way, uh, I discovered this little item, which really I hadn't given much thought to, and I just became intrigued by it. Uh, It has a very rich history, uh, so there was a a really uh, great opportunity for some rigorous research into the historic component Uh, which was fun, and I was able to utilize the Harvard libraries for this. Um, It's just an obscure feature in the campaign finance system that hasn't gotten much attention in the era of big money and super PACs. And yet, if it were working, as it did for about 20 years, we'd have a very different political landscape today. We asked Marilyn to talk about the challenging aspects of studying this topic. The main challenges were simply um, understanding the nuances of the law uh, and the reasons why candidates would not want to participate. It's it's a very complicated system uh, that sets total spending limits for candidates as well as state-by-state limits. Uh, And so in order to understand its limitations, you had to really understand why these limitations would not work in a new era of modern campaigning. Uh, For instance, uh, the the law sets a limit in the early states of New Hampshire and uh, Iowa where candidates are really trying to get their footing and show that they are contenders. And if they had agreed to participate in the public finance system, there's virtually no way that they could have prevailed in those races. 
So one by one, we had 23 candidates in the primary with both parties. Uh, the only candidate who wanted to play in this system was Martin O'Malley. Um, and he filed a uh, the justification for about a million dollars in public funds just as he was getting ready to drop out of the race. <laughs> it's known as the loser's fund, and there's a good reason. There's almost no way you can win if you agree to limit your spending. The 2016 presidential primaries have added much to the conversation around campaign financing. Marilyn spoke about how the campaigns of Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders in particular have impacted the discussion. Well, my paper focuses on several candidacies in 2016 that have been uh, illustrative of the system and why it doesn't work. For example, Donald Trump um, made it very clear from the beginning that he was going to self-finance his campaign with his billions of dollars of personal wealth. Um, In in announcing self-financing, he was automatically unable to com- to go into the system because it only allows candidates to donate uh, up to f- uh, a certain limit of their personal wealth to the campaign. So he was out. So the paper attempts to look at Trump's campaign, uh, the funding issues with it, the fact that he uh, says he's self-financing, but in fact he has a very murky picture Uh, even in the primaries in which he was taking in small contributions, uh, a little bit of super PAC funding while publicly blasting super PACs and saying that he wasn't going to take these donations. So it's a complex picture with Trump. Um, Bernie Sanders probably illustrates better than any other candidate how an effective public financing system could work Uh, He made it very clear that he was going to turn away from the public financing system. He was the only candidate who was put on the grill about why he wasn't participating. And his answer was, um, it doesn't work. I'm not going to do it because it's a ridiculous system. Um, So he went the route of small donations, which is pretty much exactly what the public financing system was set up to encourage. Um, so there is a segment in, in my paper about the Sanders campaign and the model that it sets of raising money through the Internet. Uh, some critics of the system would say it shows perfectly why the public financing system doesn't need to exist. Marilyn then outlined what she hopes will be the key takeaways from her paper. Well, my paper ends with a conclusion section that essentially says the following. Uh, The system deserves to be given a second chance, but it's a piece of legislation that was enacted in the early 70s, and there have been no mid-course corrections to address campaigning as it has evolved over the decades. Uh, When it did work, it was very effective. It gave the start to candidates like Jimmy Carter and, to a certain extent, um, uh, Ronald Reagan. Uh, So my paper concludes that, yes, it should exist. It should also be fixed. And there are some proposals on the table that would allow it to at least be a healthier, viable alternative for the candidates. 
Uh, it would involve a larger match of money for every dollar raised. Candidates would get a much higher uh, dollar amount from the public uh, funds, um, and some other corrections of that sort. Finally, we asked Marilyn if she thinks there is the political will to fix the issues with campaign financing that she explores in her paper. The Democrats in Congress uh, are very, very frustrated because they have been proposing and fighting to get the system fixed for a few years now, and the Republicans have uh, mounted a number of stealth moves to try to kill it. Um, so is there a political will? I'm not seeing the political will on Capitol Hill at the moment. Um, there is also a lot of disappointment that President Obama did not take this on as one of his um, his mandates because he promised that he would do so when he uh, decided in his own campaign that he would turn away from public financing. Um, they haven't quite forgiven Obama for that. Uh, it, it's worth considering and debating and pushing for uh, because the system that we have now, everyone, everyone admits, is dreadful. It allows special interest influence. It leaves uh, fundraising in the hands of a very elite, uh, wealthy cadre of donors. Uh, and it leaves candidates and incumbent presidents uh, to spend most of their time out on the trail raising money and going to fundraisers and, and talking to people and about money and not about the issues. So those would be the prevailing reasons to try to do something about it. You can read Marilyn Thompson's full paper by visiting shorenstincenter.org and clicking on Research. Thanks for listening to the Shorenstein Center Media and Politics Podcast. Music provided by ExtremeMusic.com.